Sorry. Here we go. Hi, I'm Celine Gabrielle. And I'm JG Sackis. This is Art. Okay, cool. A podcast about life as an artist, specifically an emerging artist. The ins and outs, the ups and downs, the day-to-day behind-the-scenes stuff. The good, the bad, and everything else in between. All right, let's go. Hello, hello, Celine. Hello, hello, Jade. And where are you tonight? I am in the Pacific Northwest. I am just outside of Seattle, living my glass life fantasy. Where are you? Love it. I'm yeah. I'm back home in my sleepy, quiet, cozy, comfortable town. And um, I it was yeah. Well, we're gonna get more into it. It was exciting and fun, but you know, there's something nice about being home. So. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you this week about our topic, which is your experience at Superfine. But before we get into that, I just want to remind our listeners that we are a podcast that is made by and for emerging artists. Um, We have so much good stuff in store for you guys. So we really want to make sure you don't miss anything. So hit that subscribe button, like, follow, share with your friends if if there's something that you love give it a share um, and like, let us know in the comments, voicemails, what you want to hear about next, because we're here for you. Um, so yeah, let us know. We want to, we want to make this podcast better for everybody who listens. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, tell me. I, okay. Well, I mean, I feel like your catch up is just going to be talking about your experience. No. Okay. So we're going to get to all of that new york stuff but basically like it's been about a week approximately since i've been back i can't even remember now it's all like all blurring together but so there's a couple of cool things that have happened um so so i don't think i shared this on the podcast yet but actually just before i went away i was a guest on the jealous curator podcast oh my god i know i can't believe it did I share that on our podcast? Yeah, I think I might have touched on it a little bit. Yeah, but so cool. It just aired, right? Yeah, so it came out. That was so fun. You know, obviously, millions more people listen to that than listen to our humble little podcast. So <laughs> it was just really cool to get, you know, all that feedback. Um, and people really loved it. It was like crazy long. We talked for almost two hours. So it's a long podcast, but she really, she's, her her format is different than ours. Like she does artist interviews and she like just asks them about their lives. So I just talked about my life basically from a kid till now as it relates to art. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it was just, and she's Canadian. I'm Canadian. I don't know. We just like, we're in the same, same age demographic. We just, it was just so easy to talk to her. So it just went on and on. But anyway, yeah. So if you guys haven't, and you love that show and you haven't heard my episode, go listen to it. Um, And then, so then what else has happened? Okay. So I got back from my trip and I was just completely wiped like the first two days I basically did nothing I just couldn't it's so draining it's so draining oh my god it was so draining but then I couldn't like really slack a lot because well I had two commissions that um I wasn't able to ship one because I wasn't finished painting it and the other one it wasn't finished being dry so I was kind of like 
hustling to finish the one that wasn't finished and get the other one shipped. So I did that. And then there's some grants in Nova Scotia coming up. So I've been starting to work on that. So that was great, except I thought I was convinced. I saw the post on social media, grant deadline coming up. So I was like hustling, hustling. And then today I realized they have two different deadlines. So one's for groups, which is Friday. Mm-hmm. And one is for individuals, which is in a month from now. And that's me. So <laughs> you're very of, prepared. Yeah. So instead of being really behind, now I'm really ahead. So that's good. I love that. That gives you lots of time to edit and tweak and right. Exactly. And then the other and final thing that I just have to remind everybody that's ongoing until October 25th is the salt springs national art prize exhibit in it's in bc salt springs bc canada but it's all online you can go check it all out they've got tons of stuff on there for you guys to see all the finalists which i am one of and shameless plug they're doing a um, people's choice award you can vote online it's actually really easy to do it's not like a lot of these vote online that are super complicated so if you'd like to vote for yours truly you know i'd appreciate all the support over there it's on my instagram the link is in my bio and or you can just check out salt springs national art prize and that is all i will say about my week let's move over to you okay but were you also featured in the guardian (laughs) oh yeah well that's actually related oh you know what so that is related to superfine so we'll talk about that okay okay then so total surprise to me yesterday create magazine the blog like the online version of kate magazine named like their top 28 contemporary canadian artists to watch and i was on the list Oh my God. Top 10 things that don't surprise me. You being on that top list. <laughs> and I didn't know that was some, somebody tagged me in it. And I was like, oh my God, where do I find this link? So that was really cool and exciting. So yeah, that was like unexpected, but really, really awesome. So yeah, it's been a fun, it's been a fun time. Still lots going on. My goodness. Amazing. And you, you've got lots. You started your residency oh, and now you're traveling. Yeah. So fill us in. Oh my God. Okay. I feel like it's basically my dream scenario. I am, I'm out West. I'm visiting like my dear, 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 dear friend, Megan, who is just like one of my, one of my kindred soul baby heart union people in my life. And I haven't got to see her since 2018. And I got to meet her baby. She has like a little baby. So I'm out Mm -hmm. here and it's like a million good things. So Pilchuck is a glass school on the Pacific Northwest. It's like glass summer camp for adults. And um, every year they do an auction. So I'm out here visiting my friend who works for Pilchuck. I'm helping uh, do like set up and tear down for the auction. I'm also helping act the auction like vanna whiting pieces and stuff like that at the auction (laughs) and i have work in the auction so it's like i get to see my friend i get to help my friend and i love helping my friends i get to be around art and not only art i get to be around glass art i get to reconnect with my glass community i get to meet like collectors and gallerists my piece is in the show 
And this year, they also did a thing. It's the first year where if you donate work to the auction, you can decide uh, to take a portion of the sales. So usually you just donate outright, but that's that makes it kind of a barrier for a lot of people because you have to pay for shipping. You have to like it can be an expense. And if you're making a donation, you don't want to lose the piece and then lose money on top of that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't mind donating my work because Pilchuck does so much for the glass community. And if I can give back, I absolutely will. But this makes it even easier to get give back because like my piece is in the silent auction. It already has one bid. And with this um, with this like like sharing, my shipping is already covered. So even if nobody else bids on the piece, I, I won't have lost any money. Nice. And if the piece sells for full price, then I will have made basically as much as if I sold it in a gallery setting. So it's like win-win. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So So I'm just like living my best life. And Pilchick is like so majestic and picturesque. It's a glass school in the middle of a tree farm on the side of a hill in the Pacific Northwest overlooking the Puget Sound. Like beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Could not be more gorgeous. You're gonna have to spell it because I keep hearing pill check, like pill check. Like, did you take your pill today? We better check. Yeah. So so it's like it's like it's pill chuck. Like, did you take your pill? Let me chuck it in your mouth. Like (laughs) P I L C H U C K. Okay, now I know what to Google. Much better. (laughs) Thank you for clarifying. Oh, my God. All right. Awesome. So another quick question. Is your friend a glass artist or an artist of any kind? Or how did she? We we met in college. We went to school together for glass. So we were like bosom buddies then. And then she is from Seattle. So she came back and started working for the school. She is the supply coordinator for the school. So, so yeah. Um, Nice. Yeah. It's like, it's so good. I'm so happy. And she's like, oh my God, I'm sorry. We're working the whole time. I'm like, this like, could, I could not be better. Like I I get to help you. I get to help glass. I get to like be here. We get to dress up fancy on Friday. Like (laughs) throw away the sweats put on yeah like i'm i'm maybe i'm like i'm due for some like main character moments i i could i could stock up on some like main character memories like love it i want photos posted on instagram please oh my god yeah i'm gonna look so cute oh my god my dress is amazing (laughs) anyway guys guys and your hair and your hair your hair oh my god yeah (sighs) always epic yeah it's gonna be so good okay but let's get into the topic Okay, so super fine. Where do you want to start? Oh, okay. I have so much to tell. I had to take notes mm-hmm, and I'm probably going to I'm probably going to forget stuff. But here's where I want to start. So, just for anybody who doesn't know, Super Fine is an art fair company for lack of a better word they host art fairs across the united states um and 
the only other art fair I've been to is the one where Jade and I met in Toronto, which was early 2020. Then everything shut down and I wasn't able to do any other ones. They were all online, virtual, but I um, had actually signed up to do Superfine in 2020. And then obviously that didn't happen. And so anyway, here we are finally, 2021. It was rescheduled. Yeah, so that is a little bit about that. So here's where we're going to start. I just sort of broke it down. And the first thing I want to talk about is like getting organized before even going. Yeah, that's one of the things I wanted to really dig into. Okay, so here, here's what I'll say. First of all, I spent the last like week or two leading up to it really busting my ass to get everything ready. Um, I had a 20-foot booth to fill. And as a good problem, I had sold a number of the paintings that I had painted in the last, well, since 2020 until now, I guess. Um, so I had to finish new pieces and oil paint doesn't dry. And so it was a little chaotic in my studio. I did manage to finish two small, large pieces. So they were like small for me, which was 24 feet or 24 feet, 24 (laughs) inches by like 36 inches. And then I also did some smaller pieces. So that was a lot of work getting ready on top of that I wanted to make some like really truly small pieces so I did a bunch of little eight by eights um yeah because one of the things that they told you is to have like a wider options of prices for people because typically my oil paintings will sell um starting over the 1000 plus and a lot of people don't start that high they start you know, in, in the under $500 range. So I wanted to have something in that category as well, except in my past, I've tried doing um, a similar style to what I do, large scale, small, and it just doesn't work. It, the yeah. reason I do them big is because that scale, because to get the oil paint to do what I want to zoom in on the details, like the scale is part of it. So shrinking that down into trying to do it on like an eight by eight size, I just can't work in the same way. So I don't, I work in a totally different um, mixed media, um, more expressive way. And so it was really interesting because the works are similar in that they're figurative. There's a focus on fashion. The colors are still bright and bold, but they're very different as well. So yeah, so I did that just as sort of like a test to see what would happen and what people would think. Yeah. Um, okay, so I did all that. And then what else did I have to do? So getting ready, I also had to think about like updating my website. So I did that. Um, I got a new little video on my website. You guys should go check it out because I was frustrated with having to have like a static image because... I was finding like I would put an image of one of my paintings, but then that painting would be sold. So it would feel out of date. So I got a local um, videographer to come to my studio. And the week before we left, we made this little short 10 second video clips of just me and my studio and sort of my whole, um, I don't know, just like something that I will call evergreen. Like it won't, it won't date as quickly as like just one painting. So I'm really happy to have that. We added a feature so that um, people could easily join my 
email list Fantastic. because I don't know if you noticed, but Instagram and Facebook went down the other day. They certainly did. And we've been talking a little bit on the podcast about trying to create like an email list, right? And so an art fair is a perfect opportunity to try to capture as many emails from people so that you have more direct contact. So I wanted to make that easier. And so I, um, yeah, so I put that on the website. And then what else did I have to do to get ready? So um, on my end, I also had to get paperwork ready for travel. So I did an inventory of everything I was taking. I did... um, my certificates of authenticity for all the paintings oh wow okay wait 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 so back it up back it up back it up okay so what was the first thing tell me the first thing I did like a full inventory of everything that I brought okay because I knew so I'm I was going from Canada and it's COVID times and I've never done this before and I was very unable to get clear definite information it's hard selling in the united states and i looked into a lot of resources i reached out to artists i went on websites anyway long story short i even spoke with a broker now because that's what somebody said i should do is talk to a broker yeah so i did and there was a lot of paperwork and steps involved and a pretty high ticket price like before even leaving like i'm talking Eight hundred to a thousand dollars. Yeah. So I, the eternal optimist, I'm like, eh, let's just go and see what happens. So, but I had to have like my COVID vaccination documents, obviously passport, and I just wanted, like I say, that inventory and my certificates of authenticity, so that if I, I didn't know what to expect, but I just thought as much paperwork and information on what I was trying to take with me the better so I got all that stuff done the other thing that was required by Superfine and we're going to talk a little bit more about it in detail later but they make you um, submit a curatorial plan so they give you like like how you're going to set up your booth exactly so they give you like this plan and it shows you your wall space it's your exact wall space And they have like a grid on it to show you um, how to lay out your booth in that you want most things at eye level. You don't want anything in the very, very top because there's lights up there. And then a little bit before that, there's like a it's like a green zone in the middle, which is like thumbs up. This is where you want your art. And then it's like the yellow zone. It's like "Eh, it's getting a bit high or a bit low. And then like the red zone is like on the floor or in the lights. Right. Yeah. So they want you to design your your layout um in that middle space and you have to submit that beforehand um and then they also make you submit all of your titles and prices with the medium and your name and all of that good stuff because one of the things about this fair is that it's full transparency so every single thing that's in the fair has a price on it so nobody is like having that awkward um how much is this piece conversation like it's just laid out there for everybody everybody to see yeah and so the other thing they did was um anything that was under a thousand was like a light yellow color tag and anything that was over a thousand was like a white tag okay so I thought that was interesting the only challenge I had of course is that they wanted you to use shit now illustrator i don't know one of those adobe things that i don't have so 
I'm sure I could have figured it out somehow, but I have a friend who's a graphic designer. Actually, she's my friend who I hired to come with me as my assistant. So she helped some of this stuff um, before we left. Yeah. So I think that's the main like getting organized stuff. Did I miss anything? Do you think? No, I'm interested to how was your border crossing with all of that? Okay. So that's yeah, the next this is what, step. This is the thing that I don't understand. And it is very difficult to find clear instructions step by step. This is what you do and how you do it. Well, I have you. I don't have better clear instructions for you. <laughs> it was a fucking gong show. That's all I can tell you. So, all right. Here's the thing. So we're driving. We drive. It's a 16-hour drive, like no stop 16 hours. So we're driving. We get, it's like 10 hours, I think, the border, eight to 10 hours. I can't remember. So we get to the border, and this is in St. Stephen, New Brunswick. And so you're going to be going over into Maine. And they actually have crossings, like one massive one on the highway, and then two, like, little rinky-dinky ones in these tiny towns. Yeah. So my friend and I are a little stressed, and we're thinking, okay, where's our chances better? Like, where are they going to have us left? the least amount so for whatever reason we decide to go through saint stephen which is this tiny little sleepy town we get to the border and they're like what are you doing blah 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 going to an art fair yada yada okay pull over there so we pull over there i gave them all the paperwork that i had in this handy dandy folder with my inventory and my this and my that and my letter of acceptance to the fair which i got oh yeah that was another thing i got beforehand i reached out to them and had to show that I was invited, especially in COVID, because if I didn't have that, there's no way they would have let me go through. Yeah. You're going to you're going to sell these works. Are you just showing them? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm going to show them, but hopefully I'm going to sell them. OK, now what about her? So then they got fixated on my friend and they're like, I made the mistake of saying my friend and assistant. I should have just said my yeah. assistant. Boom. The end. Right. Yeah. And they're like, your friend, well, you're going for work, but what's her thing? I said, well, she's working for me. I've hired her. They're like, you hired her? I'm like, yeah, like I'm legit paying her. They're like, well, do you have pay stubs? I'm like, no, but you can see the e-transfer record. Like I did, I had already given her some money. So yeah. they're like, nah, anyway, but they were so nice. Cause he's like, okay, you got to make it more official. <laughs> You gotta like put her name on your website. You gotta have like an invoice. What is she doing for you when you're over there? Blah blah blah. Yada yada yada. Anyway, giving us these little tips, and then we were asking more. He's like, "I've said what I can say." Uh. (laughs) We're like, "Okay." So anyway, he's like, "You can't cross here. You're gonna have to go back out and either." call one of these brokers so it's a border town so he gives me the name of these three broker agencies and you're going to have to go through the big off the highway because they have a commercial side and you're commercial okay so i was like okay so think now i'm thinking the worst my optimism had turned into like oh this is never gonna work so anyway we turned and he's like turn around right there go back over these are your papers to show that you didn't set foot in the United States because we stayed in the car. And thank God, because my friend was like, oh, I want to get out and stretch my legs. I'm like, you sit your ass in this car. Do not move. Thank yeah. God. Because they're like, you didn't get out of the car. So here's your papers. They won't have a problem. You won't have to quarantine when you get back. Like literally the bridge is like a hundred feet long. Okay. Oh my God. I'm like, Oh my God. So anyway, we have the papers and now 
there are a lot of signs and, and things. And so I'm driving and I'm like laser focused on the next step, calling these brokers, trying to get it look like she's quote unquote, an official employee. So we're driving through and I see the sign, you know, Canada. And next thing I hear is like, Woo! And I'm like, oh my god! I slam on the brakes. I had drove right by the like Canadian border person. Oh She's my like god. waving me back. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh my god! I was so like stressed and focused on the next step that I missed her little booth. So I like reverse. <laughs> oh my god! So stressful. <laughs> her booth. I'm like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. She's like, I saw your eyes. You were looking over there. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't I didn't do it on purpose. It was totally an accident. Anyway, so she's like, okay, what happened? Whatever. Give me, because like, there's no other cars coming through this. Like, none. Okay, we're the only ones. So clearly she saw us go over there, turn around and come back. So I give her the papers. She lets us back into Canada. And so we immediately pull over and I call these three brokers. So the first guy I talked to is Looney Tunes. He's like, I told him I'm an artist. I'm in St. Stephen. I got the number from the border agent. Um, I'm trying to go to New York City to show and sell my artwork. Can you help me? He's like, okay, here's what you're going to do. I'm telling you, I barely understood half of what he said. He was talking like a mile a minute. I don't know what he was saying half the time, but the gist of it is he says to me, park your car there in Canada go walk back over the bridge to that same border agent that you were just talking to on the U.S. side. Tell him that you spoke to me and that I told you to tell him to let you to walk across two blocks into the United States because that's where our office is. You can come do all the paperwork there and then come oh back God. and get your car on the I'm like, what? what the fuck? Why the fuck would he let me park my car and walk over into the United States? If that was an option, why didn't he tell me that when I was there? Like, hey, just leave your shit here. Go down there. The guys in that office are going to help you. Like, yeah. Why wouldn't he have? Because he was very helpful. Like, why wouldn't he have offered that as an option? He didn't. So then I'm like, this guy's out of his mind. But he said to me, and also call the crossing border to tell them that you're coming with a commercial. Da 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 da. So he gave me that number. So then I called the other two agencies that the first border agent gave me. And both of them are like, yeah, we can't help you do anything with that. Period. The end. There was like nothing they could do. Apparently. I don't know. I didn't get into a lot of questions because at this point I just had to move forward. Right. Yeah. So they said no. So then I'm like, well, buddy number one is out of his mind. That's not going to work. But I'm going to call that border now where the number that this guy gave me. So I call the border and I get this su another super nice American helpful guy called Officer Verge. Never forget <laughs> his name. And Officer Verge felt my sympathy, felt felt sympathy for me and you're not going to be able to sell anything. He's like right. if I can make this happen for you, you're going to be able to show but what you need to do is stop on the Canadian side, have them take an inventory of everything in your car. Then you come to the um, commercial side U.S. We will double check that, take a record, and then you might be able to go through. But I can't promise I'm going to have to call you back. I'll take your name and number and call you back. I'm like, okay, sure. Like I was just holding on to the faith. So he takes my name and number. Meanwhile... We're stressing that they're going to let me through and not my friend, my assistant. So 
Now we go find the public library in the town and we go in and she gets on her computer. Again, graphic designer. So she's on her computer whipping up. Making you an invoice? (laughs) Invoice from her stationary to me, from me to her, whatever, whatever. All the dates, all the, what she's going to be doing. We're like Googling, what does an assistant do? (laughs) (laughs) Filling out this thing, how much I'm paying her, which was true. You know, all of that was actual facts. She even put on the bottom of my website, like designed with her business name. But anyway, so we did all that, got that, printed it out. We go out to the car and she's like, okay, sign mine. I'll sign yours, whatever. So we sign, sign. And uh, I'm looking at it. I'm like, but that's the wrong, that's the wrong date. It says the 30th today is the 29th. She's like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like, no. So we go back into the, um, the library. She resets all the dates because every date was like for the whole week was off by one day. Oh, God. You know what I mean? So she had to switch them all, switched all the dates. We paid our $2 to the nice library people and printed everything again. Oh, my God. And then in the middle of all that, I get a call. So I'm like, oh, my God, please, Officer Verge, come through. So it's lovely Mr. Officer Verge. And he is like, yep, okay, you know, you're good to go. You have to do what I said. Stop on the Canadian, blah, 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 come through. Okay, so now we have extra paperwork for her. And all this getting ready stuff, I don't know why we didn't, like, do that before we left. Because we thought of, I think, everything else. But anyway, so now we have proof of her being my, quote, employee. We go to the Canadian side. First of all, let me tell you, the border crossing, the Canadian side, right there in St. Stephen, anybody going through, it's like the most beautiful building. Like, it's like this old stone, lovely building. I was like, yes, Canada, lovely. I like this. So we go in there. I think it took like almost four hours. Yeah, no, that's insane. Delay, right? Anyway, so then we get to the place and it's not Officer Verge, it's Officer Kavanaugh. So I'm like, hi, Officer Kavanaugh. Um, I spoke with Officer Verge. He's like, Oh, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know who you are. <laughs> like, okay. He's like, give me a second. He just like, give me the, pa- give me the, give me the papers. Like, he wasn't rude, but just, you know, to the point. So I give him the papers. He goes off for a second, comes back. He's like, all right, park your car over there. Come inside. So I go inside. He just photocopies basically what the Canadian people had agreed was in my trunk. And, um, let us go on through and I had to wait like a good five minutes until I was on the U.S. side before I could officially celebrate because yeah not only did I get the art through but I got my assistant through too like that that was the other thing so I'm like what am I gonna do like ditch her here and tell somebody to come pick her up 10 hours later (laughs) like what am I gonna do so anyway we all made it the other interesting thing that I will say though is First of all, like I said, I did check into the broker, so it probably would have been easier had I gone through with the broker. But having spoken to them, they said there was nothing. And I also asked Officer Verge when we were chatting, I'm like, would dealing like would going through a broker fix all this? Would this be better that way? He's like, nah, I don't, I don't even think they could help you with this. It's what he said to me. Now, you know, every circumstance is different. Maybe he was just saying that. I don't know. But Please, if any of you listening have gone across borders and been able to actually sell your work, tell me how you did it. Because I'm still, yeah, I still don't, I know it has something to do with import, export, 
duties, blah, blah, blah. But I, but the thing is this, is I'm like, okay, so if I sell something, I have to bring it back to Canada and then ship it back to New York. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, but I don't understand. Like, it's still going to be in New York and I'm still going to have the money. So why couldn't I just leave it? Like, I don't get it. Yeah, it's crazy. It doesn't make sense at all. And it's like, okay, well, it's like, can they buy it on my website? And then like, yeah, like, yeah. the it's, it's very too many formalities. Let's, let's skip ahead. That was, that was great. You're in the country. Okay. You get there. Okay. So now we're driving and I could only go until like 11. And then we just pulled off at some random hotels. It was actually a comfort inn. It wasn't random at all, but some little town I never heard of in my life. I didn't even know where it was. We slept. We got up at 5 a.m. and we left again the next morning because opening night was on the 30th, starting at 6 p.m. So they wanted me there between 10 and 12. However, that changed last minute because a week prior, they were saying that we could set up between 12 and 3. So shortly before leaving, they're like, actually, no, set up now is going to be 10 to 12 so that we can like clean up and get ready for opening. And so I messaged them. I'm like, there's no fucking way I'm getting there between 10 and 12 when I didn't even know where I was. By the time we got there, it was like 2, 2.30. <laughs> Luckily, they still let me in. They still let me set up. But it was like so hectic and chaotic to try to get set up. So we didn't go to the hotel. We just went straight to the venue after driving um, and got set up. And then six o'clock. So now we hadn't found our hotel. So we found the hotel and I wanted to obviously to freshen up and look better for opening night. So I managed to do all that and I was a little bit late for opening night, but okay, now I'm at the fair. All right. So let's do some at the fair breakdown. So this, even though it was a big conference space, it was downtown Manhattan and so it just was a little more congested but it was nice like the walls were nice the floors were clean it had high ceilings yada 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 there was like 150 exhibitors and the space was sort of divided into like three pods because they wanted to do three separate fairs because each one had a theme so I was in the woman's section there was a LGBTQ section and then there was like a myth yeah which is like surreal or surrealism so we had these three pods and my little corner that I was in it was my walls were like a v you know like the corner of the room but then the exhibitor across from me was like fitting into my v like a like a like a puzzle piece kind of like you know how we were side by side v's these were like interlocking v's so in the middle it was kind of like a zigzag for people to go through oh okay And then I had a rack of prints. She had a table with business cards. She was there. I was there. The people coming through. It was a little bit crowded in my corner, I have to say. So I wasn't. And nobody could like stand back and look at the art. Like the furthest you could get back, you'd hit her wall. Oh, okay. No, you're only able to stand back like two feet. That being said, other places were much more open. So it just was like the luck of the draw. Yeah. Which is um, often what you'll find, you know. I, you know, again, all I have to compare is to Toronto. And the place was very much like a maze. 
Yeah. And I don't know if they design it like that because of limited space or if it's like, you know, at casinos, they make it like mazes because they don't want you to ever leave. They want you to get yeah. in there and like never get out. And I'm like, OK, is that what they're trying to do? The numbers weren't even necessarily in order. Like a 22 would be across from a 55. And people are like, oh. I'm trying to find this booth. And it. so I don't know, a little, like things like that. Not the major, but just worth mentioning. If anybody, I know people have reached out to me on on Instagram saying, "Oh, you know, I'm thinking of Superfine, so I'm just going to tell you all the details." The other thing I wanted to say about the location. So, yes, it was New York City. Yes, it was Fifth Avenue. That is like an iconic spot, but at the moment, it's all business where this was located. Like, okay, it's not like a cool, hip, trendy, artsy part of New York, which. As a non-New Yorker, I don't know these things. You know, I'm like, okay, New York City, New York City. But yeah, so it was a little bit businessy. And I don't, so I don't, I don't know if it was maybe the right location. I'm not a art fair producer, whatever. So I don't know. But I'm just, just from my experience and from chatting with other locals, that's kind of the vibe that they were, they were giving, telling me, you know, like, might not be the perfect location right so we're at the fair you have opening night lay it on me okay so here's kind of the breakdown day by day so opening night super super busy busy i would say the most engaging crowd was opening night like really interested in talking about the art also the most like what I would say stereotypical artsy looking people like not 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 business looking like do you know what I mean like yeah I don't know just the funky outfits and the you know stereotypes of what artsy people look like (laughs) that was kind of opening night um so that was great it was super super fun Friday was dead, like dead as a doornail. Okay, so this is the other thing. The hours were long. So opening night went from 6 to 11. And keep in mind, I had been driving for the previous two days. Yeah, yikes. Mm-hmm. So I was exhausted. The next three days went from 11 a.m. till 9. Oy, oy, oy. Yeah. So Friday was crazy dead pretty much all day until 5. At five, it was a little bit better because, again, people probably working. Also, it's COVID time, so I I really don't know. Saturday was good. Saturday was, like, the best day for me for sales. I really enjoyed Saturday. People who came out Saturday seemed like they were looking to actually buy stuff. And then Sunday, once again, was pretty dead. That's okay. I was also really dead. (laughs) So, you know, it was kind of a chill day. The thing about Sunday that was really hard is that... When the fair ended at nine, we had to be torn down, packed up out of the building in an hour and a half. Oh my God. Every person in the place. That was like a fucking miracle. I was like, how the hell is this going to happen? I don't see it. And I had to go. So my storage for my art is my car, but my car was in parking, like two blocks Mm -hmm. away. So I had to go get it out of parking, drive it over, find a parking spot tear everything down. This is why I needed my assistant. So she did start doing all that. Anyway, it wound up being okay. And I did do it in the hour and a half. But yeah, that was yeah, that was a crazy, crazy night. So okay, so that's like the four days, one, two, three, four. Um, okay, what else did I write for notes that I think you guys should know? Oh, yes. 
Okay, what? Were you going to say something? Well, I was just going to say, um, like, how how did you find the, like, artist community there? Like, how were the vibes with the other artists? Yeah, okay. So that was good for the most part, except I wasn't, like, anywhere near the people that I really wanted to be near. So we okay. would, like, walk yeah. around and visit, you know, and I definitely made connections with visitors to the fair, but also some of the other artists, which was nice. And some of the other artists I knew from like online. Um, well, I'm part of the art groups member, uh, art groups, art queens membership. And yeah. so some other art queens were there. So that was really nice. Oh, and then awesome. people I never, never met before, like completely new people were there. And yeah, so no, it was, it was okay, but I wouldn't say I had like a booth buddy that I connected with on the same level that I connected with like our group in Toronto. Yeah. 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 They, again, all lovely, cool, following different people online now and whatnot, but yeah, it was just a bit, it was a bit different. It was a bit more of a mishmash. The whole fair, to be fair, was a bit more of a mishmash. And <laughs> Yeah, I feel like they were trying to make up for all three shows that got canceled at the same time that's hard that's hard to balance yeah so here's a little bit more about like kind of how the mishmash so first things first i mentioned the curatorial plan well they do that also to make the fair look look more presentable and everybody did not follow the rules so there were some booths with shit literally floor to ceiling um, you were not supposed, you were allowed to have prints in a rack, but you were only supposed to have original art on the walls. No, there were lots of people with like framed prints on the walls. Wow. Um, yeah. So even though they made you submit it, uh, like monitoring that when it was actually showtime, I think was a little bit not and followed like, through on. That's the thing with like the artist project. Like they, they'll let you know, <laughs> they'll be like, no, 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 no. Yeah. That's not how we do this here. Yeah. So they they did they did up front, but then at the time of, I don't know, it kind of yeah. Okay. So then the other thing um is just about the whole fair vibe. So they do advertise as a fair for emerging artists, which kudos to them. That's definitely a niche market that needs opportunities. So I'm there, I'm there for that. That's great. The only thing that I would say, though, is that it's not very well curated or not. um, They do have an application process, but I never met anybody that was not accepted. And it just seems like the quality of the work was like a little bit was really high quality. Most of it was so-so. And then some of it was really really not and then in talking with some of the other artists they're like you know what it feels like anybody willing to pay they'll let in right and that's not necessarily it's not great because well it's just I don't know it it just gives the whole feel of it a little bit of a disheveled kind of feeling when you're you know looking at something that's really exquisite next to something that. I'm not, look, I don't, I don't like to be mean or whatever to anybody. Everybody's at a different level, but I just think if the whole show was more cohesive, 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's like, I mean, I feel like the artist project is a really good example like that. Not only do they curate the artists, but like they curate the layout. Like they chose you and I to yeah. go next to each other because our work complements each other really well. Yeah, and I only have the two fairs to compare to, but yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm. That's I'm a like, pretty. That's a pretty high bar to me. I was, yeah, I was pretty impressed by Toronto, especially after. Like, I was impressed when I was there, but I was even also impressed after this experience. Like, also in Toronto, they do like the art talks, and then they have like the live art battle, and then they had like the DJ, and the we had a DJ too, but it was just I don't know, like. The Toronto one seemed much more of an event, whereas this felt like almost like a market. Right. Kind okay. of like, a, except for opening night. Opening night definitely had that event kind of vibe, but the rest of the fair, I don't know. There was like nothing else going on except just the booths were there for people to wander through at any time or place. Nothing else to draw people in, as opposed to some of the stuff that they plan in at um, the artist project does that make sense yeah totally and it might be because it's a smaller fair smaller budget smaller venue i don't know right i'm not i'm just i'm just trying to share information for information's sake so that people know you know what's yeah totally what's what's different about them so okay the other thing is i also didn't meet any like in toronto there were a lot of like exhibitors who like go all the time at this fair I maybe there were some but I didn't meet any second time exhibitors which to me started to become Mm. a little bit of a red flag like how come everybody is brand new maybe it's because it's emerging artists but maybe it's because people do a fair and then don't again again it's just a small sample of like I would say 10 artists out of 150 that I talked to so I I'm not you know, this is not yep. a broad statement. This is just my experience. So I thought that was interesting. Um, okay. The last things that I wanted to talk about with art fairs is because you probably seen it. I know I've seen it following other artists online and you see them at a fair and like, or you follow the fair and it's like sold, sold, sticker, sticker, sticker. Everything's going like boom, 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 boom. So I'm just really curious as to what people are buying when it comes to art like I whether it's my art or not my art I'm like just really interested in the market so I did take the time to walk around especially like on Sunday last day pretty quiet everybody's got their stickers up and this and that there were some pieces that sold that were at a higher price point but I would say the majority at this fair we're selling for like under $500. Right. So if you are considering this fair, like again, back to my price point, which is generally higher, except for these smaller experimental pieces that I brought with me, my price point is higher. And so I don't necessarily think that this was the right environment for me. That's I th- fair. That's good to know though. Like that's, yeah. Like I, I don't really hang out too much in that, range either um and you know like if people are coming into that like I would never I would never try and sell any of my work at like a farmer's market and I'm not saying that that's what that is but it's like people don't walk into certain events expecting to drop thousands of dollars you know right and I think that's what it was so as much as it's geared at emerging artists I think it is also geared at like maybe new collectors too yeah 
And there's got to be a place for both of those groups of people. So that's great. It's just probably not, it just wasn't the right fit for me, I don't think. Yeah. Um, especially at this stage where I am. So, all right. So that's that. And then the other thing I want to say too is just like everybody posts their highlights on um, social media, myself included, you know, we, we tend to do that. If you're following our fairs, if you're following artists and you're like, oh my God, they're selling everything, they're selling everything, they're selling everything. What, like, so for example, I sold one painting, okay? So I got one sticker and my painting was $3,150, okay? Yeah. But I got one sticker. There was somebody next to me who was selling a lot of prints that were $125. So to get what's 125 into 3,100, right? So she could have 10 or I don't know. I'm terrible at math. Okay. 30 stickers, 30 stickers for my one. Yeah. Okay. So it's like comparing apples to oranges. So when you get stuck in that comparison, spiral you know and not that selling lower many lower price is better than we're selling one higher price but if you're like oh my god I only sold one piece but maybe that's a collector who is going to be a repeat customer and maybe that your one piece financially is going to set you up in a better place than had you sold a whole you know what I mean like you can't compare based on what you see thrown at you on social media or even at the fair, like if you're walking around and you see stickers, stickers, stickers on people's booths, literally walk up and see what what sold, you know, like gather information for yourself instead of just feeling shitty, like, oh, my God, they sold 30 and I sold one. Like, yeah, just don't get caught in that trap. Yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah, exactly. So that's I'm like nobody, just... nobody wants to come and see you at your booth if you're pouting. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. All right. Anything else you want to know about all of that? Nope. I think you covered it. Okay. So the last, so I have three more things that I wanted to share. So the first was like the worst parts. Okay. <laughs> the be- the best parts. And then I want to break down like my expenses versus the income. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. So my, the worst parts, I'm just going to go quickly bullet points. We already touched on very, very long days. Yep. With the driving, completely exhausted. Um, second, for me, it was just way too much effort. All of the paperwork, the getting through the border, the driving, the driving, the driving in New York City, um, the parking was a hassle. Like so many hassles. Yeah. Just especially during COVID times, like going across the border. I'm not doing that again anytime soon. And then the last part is I lost money. So we're going to get to that. (laughs) Um, The best parts were meeting some really cool artists and building that artistic network. You know, like Jade and I mention all the time, this podcast is a way to build community. Um, But going to fairs for me, since I live in this little town with no real art connections, that's a way for me to make friends with other artists. So that is always a high priority for me. And I definitely did that. So that was wonderful. Um, I met some awesome 
new collectors. So we were allowed to sell prints. So yes, I sold one original painting, but then I did sell a whole bunch of prints. So, you know, sometimes people will start with a print, live with it for a while, you know, like you never know. Yeah. So meeting all of them, having them like so excited to be able to have a piece of my work, even if it is a print in a print form was just really special. And I love that. And then the very last thing that I was not expecting um, was that I literally had like a couple, I would say two like super fans who have been following me online and like came specifically to meet me and like stood there talking to me for like a bazillion hours. And we were like just talking about my art, but then like artists. And then we had these connections because they would like somebody that I liked. And anyway, it was just so fun. And one in particular, I... I arrived a little bit late because I had to get a PCR test 72 hours before coming back to Canada or I was going to have to quarantine. They weren't going to let me through. So anyway, yeah, I had to get that done and timing, whatever. So she's like, oh, my God, I've been waiting here for you. <laughs> I, I mean, she was just the sweetest. I loved her. And that was just a lot of fun. So you know, those, those things are what I'll probably remember in, you know, a few years down the road. And yeah, it definitely was a lot of fun. Okay. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. Yeah. Expenses versus income. All right. Dollar, dollar bill y'all. Okay. So everybody wants to, um, know like all of the details. I'm going to tell you that as best I can. Like I didn't actually get out all my receipts. So these are pretty close, but not like to the penny. And the other thing I will mention is I'm going to be talking in Canadian dollars. So I know we have listeners all around the world, which is amazing. Thank you guys for listening. But yeah, you're going to have to get out your uh, currency converter on your phones to try to figure out how much that would be for you if you if you care that deeply. But we're talking Canadian. Okay. So here we go. The booth fee in Canadian dollars was three thousand and eight hundred. Yeah. Also, that was in twenty twenty dollars, and that was for a twelve foot booth. Now, here's the thing: when the fairs, when the world shut down, I had already paid in full for my booth, so they had my money. Um, a lot of fairs started offering refunds. So I reached out to Superfine and said, hey, guess what? I want a refund. Yeah. They, were, they were scrambling. They didn't know what they were doing either. So after a bunch of back and forth, they're like, look, we've decided we can't do, we can't do refunds. We've already, like, this is a business. This money has been allotted to stuff, yada, yada, yada. But we'll upgrade you to a 20-foot booth instead of a 12-foot booth. So whatever I took what I could get which so now I got eight feet more space in theory that's great because that booth would have cost a lot more but actually now that I've done it in hindsight it just meant I needed to bring more work I needed to make more work like I don't necessarily think a bigger booth is always better I don't either is what I'm learning yeah as a matter of fact before I continue with money Another artist had told me her master plan. She's been at this a lot longer than me. And she's like, I always get like the smallest booth because it's A, the cheapest. And then she brings back up work. If she sells at the end of the day, she'll replace. 
Yeah. So it's like a show wall. You know, you still, uh, uh, the smallest booth typically is at least 10 feet. So for most people, that's plenty of space to show a significant amount of examples of your work, right? Yeah. And then you're still getting the same traffic. Oh, yeah. That's another thing I'll tell you. For comparison, I did a little bit of research just before we continue with expenses. The um, New York City Fair. So I'm thinking like New York City. Ooh, a lot of people. They estimated about 2,500 people came to the fair or ticket sales, whatever. Yeah. Tor- the Toronto Fair, they estimate like 15,000. Yeah, it's it's tons. It's huge. Yeah. So, you know, just you got to consider all these little details. Okay, so back yeah. to the money. So booth, 3,800. Gas, 200. I think I underestimated that one, but whatever. Hotel, 1,400. Marketing, yeah, marketing materials. And when I say hotel, I'm talking like it was clean. That was all I wanted. (laughs) Yeah. Clean, clean, clean. But it was like smaller than my bedroom, like here at home. And that included the bathroom, the closet, the entranceway, the beds, like the, yeah, it was tiny. But it was like a five minute walk from the venue, which I really wanted, like right there. Um, anyway, so yeah, 1400. Um, marketing materials. So I got new business cards and I got some postcards made before I left 200 parking, parking in New York city. And when I say parking, I mean, you give them your car, they put it away in some storage locker somewhere and you don't see it again until you leave. Like there's no getting your car in and out, in and out, in and out. So I still had to take public transit or walk everywhere. Um, oh yeah, I forgot to add that like taxi. I didn't spend a lot on taxi and subway, probably only 20, 20 bucks, but anyway, Cause we walked pretty much everywhere and I was working the whole time. So back to this hotel, I was never in the freaking hotel. I lay my head down. I got it back up. That was it. So, you know, anyway, whatever that's life. So parking was three fifty, and of that three fifty, that first day when I arrived and was completely scrambled and just had to get it done, I took the first option I could find. And so for two hours, it was a hundred dollars. <gasps> Two hours, $100, because I was just like, oh, my God, I have to, I, I don't have a choice. I just have to go in the first place, blah, 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 get it done. So for the whole rest of the week, like the other six days, it was only 250 But for that first two hours, not only, but but for that first two hours, it was $100. <laughs> that is ludicrous. Loony. Okay, so food. I was too, I didn't eat very much at all. Um, we brought a ton of food and snacks in the car. Like I literally ate peanut butter sandwiches in the hotel or in the car. I don't know, probably four of the days. So, you know, that saves. Um, so I probably, we ate out at a couple of restaurants, but you know, by the time you're not nine o'clock. Oh my God. Yeah. You're dead. Oh my God. So anyway, I only spent like two or $300 on food and fun fact, the very last night, that chaotic night when we had to be out of the building and tear down everything. We were so hungry and so exhausted. So we door dashed pizza to the hotel. It was the best fucking pizza. We <laughs> scarfed that pizza down. And then neither one of us slept because we both had mild poisoning all night long. TMI, oh. I know, but facts, oh facts are facts. <laughs> right? Like, what the fuck? Okay, good times. Good. This is the glamorous side of the art world. Yeah, is everybody, this is, is this everybody is enjoying the you. glam? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then my assistant friend, I paid her a thousand dollars. 
I know wow. that it's- sounds like a lot. It 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 is and it isn't. I mean, she gave up seven days. It's a lot for me. Like that's a big yeah, expense. Yeah. But she left her family. She put pause on her business. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. So. And then I also gave her a hundred dollars for or three hundred dollars for her food because I didn't want to be like doing two checks or whatever. So thirteen hundred dollars yeah. was her my budget for her. Um, and then wonderful joys of traveling during COVID. We needed the PCR tests Which to come back into cheap. Canada. So that was another stressor. We were like scrambling. There was a lot around. But the first place we called, they wanted 500 US dollars each. Oh my God. They'll do anything. Each. Isn't that crazy? So anyway, yeah. we called around a lot. And actually, we found this place called Speedy Six. So if anybody's <laughs> traveling somewhere, they come to you. So they came to our hotel and we had the loveliest person. Um, and we were both negative. So thank God. So anyway, that was another extra $300. And then, because I took my 10-year-old um, car, this isn't technically a, an expense, but I brought the car before I left to have a tune-up, to have all this stuff. It was like $1,000. So I didn't actually include that in my total. But just so you know, if you're driving your car, you know, like there's stuff like that. Luckily, we didn't get flat tires or any extra stuff, but just to make sure it was like safe for this long drive, because it's got like 300 kilometers on it, whatever. It's like old. All right. So there you go. Boom. My total for going to the fair was 7,850 Canadian dollars. Remember that people, it's not cheap. Seven. If you're an art buyer, tell all of the people in your life, you're like, this ain't cheap. Boom. 7,850. And I bet you it's even a little bit higher. Cause like I said, I didn't go through like penny for penny on my receipts, but yeah, approximately that. Or very close to that, I will say. So, income. What did I actually get from the fair? I sold one painting for $3,150. And I sold a total of $1,882 in prints. My grand total was $5,032. So, I lost $2,818. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. How's that? I mean, that's honestly pretty, <laughs> pretty par for the course. Like that's, that's, that can be how it works out. And then you, you have these things that pay dividends later on. Like if yes. you, if you can cover, if you can break even, that's typically a good show. If you don't lose too much money, that's an okay show. Yeah. So like back to what I had said earlier um, about the bad stuff is that there was just way too much effort, too much money, you know, all of this extra stuff for it not to be like, like, I'm like, everybody, everybody locally is like, oh my God, you need to show your work in New York City. Oh, people in New York City will love your work. Uh, Don't get me wrong. People in New York City did love my work. And also another thing, I didn't deal with anybody in New York City that was not super kind. The parking garage, the hotel, the people at the fair. New York gets like this bad rap that people are all assholes. They're not. They're super nice. Um, And super normal. (laughs) If you've never been and you don't like, yeah, just go to New York for fun. Maybe not for an art fair, but for fun. Um, Anyway, so... What was the point of what? Why did I get off on that tangent? Oh, yeah, just way too much effort. Like, if I had just had to pay the booth fee and I lived locally, I would yeah. have made a bit of money, right? 
Because the booth was just 3800 Okay, I probably would have spent a little bit on the marketing, maybe parking, whatever. But I still would have actually made money, even, in my opinion, not selling very much. However, yeah. I, that's why I say, like, I wouldn't do it again. If I'm ever traveling anywhere again for any opportunity, I feel like it better be 100% guaranteed or I'm going to stay with family or I don't know, like something until I know because... And you see, know. This, this I feel like kind of goes back to one of our previous episodes where we were talking about gallery representation. And it's like, this is an instance where it is kind of worth it to have gallery representation because they take you down to the show. They take the art. They do the brokering. They do the money. They do everything. And which, you is, just... which is true. But in my experience so far, I've done the very best with Instagram and selling from my website on my own. Yeah. I'm not saying that's everybody, but for me so far, that's the, been the most successful and most profitable way for me. So like, so to me now at this stage, a couple of years in having done a couple fairs, I'm like, do I even want to do fair or do I want to really just try to grow that email list, grow up, um, you know, like a following, uh, just, build up build that on my like I don't I don't know so I'm just yeah so I'm sort of at this place now like you say so there's okay well do you get galleries and then they take you to fairs or do I really just continue to hustle hard and do my own self-promotion because that's the most successful for me so far yeah you know but you don't know until you try like that's the other thing I as much as like there was such a shit show um it was it's it was an experience. It's freaking jokes now. I have new friends, new super fans, you know, what? like, so there's a lot of good that came out of it. And the loss of $2,800, luckily for me, it's not make or break. That's the other thing. I think you need to understand where you are. And if a loss is going to break you, either yeah. mentally or financially, don't do it, right? Like, yeah, don't do it. Just don't do it. It's not, I don't think even the positives and who knows, like, like you say, trickle down, down the road, who knows. Right. But I don't know. I just feel like you really have to have a really good. So that's why I wanted to share that. Like if you're considering it and you're glazing over, oh, well, the booth is only $2,000. Yeah. But then there's this and this and this and this and this and this. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, even, you know, the booth is $2,000 and like, maybe you can make that work, but then it's like, yeah, my, box order from Uline is $300. That's exactly. not bubble wrap. That's not newsprint. That's not tape. Yes. That's just like my boxes to get an order of my boxes is $300. Yeah. It's that like, stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, and then the other thing I also forgot to mention is on opening night, I had, so not only could I not sell and have people take it, but I brought my square. Yeah, I, I looked into that before I left too. And they're like, oh, I wanted to switch it to US dollars so that I didn't have to confuse people with like, well, it's this amount in Canadian, but for you, it's this amount and yeah. whatever. Right. But they're like, no, you can't switch your square to Canadian or to US dollars. If you're registered in Canada, you just have to have it. So I went to the trouble of putting all my price tags, the Canadian price and the US price so that even though when I use my square, I'm just going to make up a number. It would say 4000 for you because you're American. It's actually 
3,500 or whatever their conversion rate is. Yeah. So I get there and I go to make a sale. It will not accept any U.S. cards. <gasps> yeah. So wow. that first night I lost all my sales except for one who had cash because I couldn't accept any payments. You so, should get a PayPal set up for that. So that is what had happened. So that's, that's why I'm bringing this up because number one, I just, after talking to other artists and saying, what am I going to do? They're like PayPal. So, yeah. cause they, cause they do Venmo over there. We don't do Venmo. So anyway, again, people, PayPal apparently will work, but actually what I did because I didn't want like, so now it's, you know, super late at night. I couldn't get payments. All I did was go on my website and create a link called Superfine with what I was selling at Superfine. And I made everybody go through. Um, so I had my QR code. They would go to my website and purchase directly through my website. Yeah. So number one, it was harder for them. Like they had to fill out their name and then I had to set up a code so that it didn't charge them shipping and blah, blah, blah. Silver lining is nobody complained. People were super sweet. They didn't mind doing it. And now I have all of their emails and addresses. <laughs> Great. So you, can... so, you know, silver lining there. I can stay in touch with these people. I actually know who they are instead of just like a tap on a square that, you know, it's just money, but not a lot of information about the people who bought my work. So that's pretty, that was nice, but that was stressful too. So yeah, make sure that you know how you can accept payments again with the fares this fair it's direct to consumer so you do that i know it and the artist project i think you do that too don't you yeah because that's what we did but that was fine because it was canadian but i also know that the other art fair which is the other one i've long considered yeah they do all the payment processing but they take 15 percent. yes so, you know, that's like back to the whole gallery thing. So they do that for you. They also have a packing station. Actually, Superfine had a packing station too, which was really nice. Um, if you were allowed to sell anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like if I was going to a different country and the other art fair ha was able to process the payments, that would be worth it for me, I guess, because it was a real headache to try to deal with that. Yeah. Ugh. Oh my God. So anyway, I think I've talked a lot and probably too much. So is there any other questions you had for me or anything I, I think didn't cover? That's it. I think you got it. You shared so much. That's so going to be really useful. Oh, the one final thing I forgot to mention was about the guardian, which you asked me at the beginning. So one of the really amazing things that I just felt super honored about was there was an article about this fair in the guardian and when they were doing the interview about the fair, they asked um, one of the co-creators who they were interviewing who they were looking forward to seeing in the show. And I got named as one of the artists that he was really excited to see in the show. So that was pretty awesome. Just a nice, unexpected surprise. All right, Jade, you're up first. Tell us what is super cool in your world. Okay, this is a nerdy one. And I feel like you can track the progression of my interest in, in this thing through the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, some of our listeners may know that I have had 
a growing interest in the world of like D&D style games. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think and I And D&D in... is Dungeons and Dragons, correct? Yeah. It's like role playing okay. game. Role playing. Yeah. So I have like a passing interest in them. I bought like a little kids version. And then on TikTok, because TikTok is where I get all of my information from. There was these TikToks from this one like YouTube show slash TV, like not TV show, but like, you know, internet show where it's like a bunch of people, a bunch of actors and stand up comedians from college humor. And like, they're all playing like D&D role playing games together. And like, so all of them are really, they're like writers on shows or comedians on shows or improv. So they're just like really good storytellers and really funny people. Mm hmm. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll check this out because they have it on YouTube and they have it as a podcast version. Okay. And when I, when I opened the first episode, I was like, oh my God, this is two hours long. Oh my God, there are 17 episodes in a season. This is like a fucking, like a 40 hour show. Mm, that could and, be good or bad. And I cannot recommend it enough. If it ends up being kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure theater-of-the-mind situation, especially when you're listening to it on a podcast. And so this this show is called D20 or Dimension 20. Mm-hmm. And the one you can find on YouTube is called Fantasy High. So it's like set in a high school and they're all students, but they're all like mythical creature students. I know. The nerdiest thing, guys. I know. But here's the thing. <laughs> These people are like in their professional lives, they're writers, storytellers, comedians, whatever. So they're so good on the spot and you get so wrapped into the story. I'm telling you, like, I've laughed. I've cried. I've. Okay, wait, you need to like set the stage for me a little bit more. So what am I seeing on YouTube? Like, is it actual people or is it or what, what is it? So it's like, actually, the different seasons are different vibes. So the first one, like Fantasy High season one, it's like the people of the party are together. And then there's like the dungeon master or game master who's like kind of calling the shots or like running the story. So you see all the people and they have like their little character doodad guy there. What do you mean when I see the people like they're sitting at a table? They're just like like sitting at a table, basically. Okay. Um, but they have like a all bunch of like cool game props and miniatures and stuff like that. So when they're okay. in like fight scenes and stuff like that, they can like have it on the board so you can kind of visualize it better. But basically, okay. like long story short, these people are just like such good storytellers and improvers that you get into it so much. And like I've literally laughed, cried, like clenched my fingers and toes in anticipation and felt like the insane relief of them like rolling the number that they needed to roll to do like a crazy thing (laughs) like so silly so but like yeah so good cannot recommend it enough it's like such a good background listen it's like if you want to focus and like basically have somebody tell you a story it's great they're all so funny and like so quirky and weird dimension 20 that's my super cool very nerdy somebody let me join your D D group. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. I know. I feel like I know all of the things I need to know now. <laughs> oh my god! What is your super cool? 
Hilarious. I love how you like just let all of your weird hang out. It's very good. <laughs> just go for it. Why not? Right? I have a great imagination. Yes. Well, we need these, right? Okay. So my super cool, since we're October and it's like spooky month, if you guys don't already know, I'm obsessed with Halloween. I'm not like, I don't know, like the the reason why I love Halloween is, well, candy, number one. I was obsessed with that. And then as a kid too, in my, in my house, I, we, like you didn't buy costumes. So it was a very creative holiday for me, like the carving of the pumpkins and we would like hunt the city and scavenger for whatever crazy costume. One of my favorite years, I was like a rock star and my dad and I like took plywood and cut out a guitar and I like strung it and I spray painted like lightning bolts on it. Like it was just a very creative time for me and then hair and makeup and fashion. Well, (laughs) costumes, but fashion, you know, all the things I love. So anyway, to go along with that, I do like a little bit of creepiness. So, you know, like I'm a huge... um, Edward Scissorhands fan, Danny Elfman music, all the Tim Burton stuff, you know, stuff like that. So with that, you also know that I love podcasts. And so I'm just going to give yet another podcast recommendation. It's called Spooked. It's not just for Halloween, though. I mean, it comes out. They only run it for a couple months every year around this time. Like, I think it starts in end of August, September, and then they do it for like 13 weeks or something. But they're, you know, stories of the unknown, maybe ghosts, maybe just creepy stuff. Like, it's a mishmash, but it's also like back to what you were saying. It's storytelling. Yeah. And I just love it. Like, it's just really good storytelling with, like, a spooky twist. So if that's kind of your thing and you're into that whole vibe, especially this time of year, I would say check it out. The only thing I'll say is I think there – should have written it down. Sorry. I think there's three, maybe four seasons. And like I said, not a whole lot of episodes. But if you're new to it, like, go back and start from the beginning because, A, there's a lot of good ones. And, B, they've switched to, like, a pay format. So – the podcast is available first through Luminary, which you have to pay for. But if you wait a couple of weeks, then it becomes free. So like right now in this current season, I'm behind because I've just been waiting for them to release them as the free version. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you go and you start with this season, there's only like two or three. But if you go back to season one, there's going to be a bunch more for you too, to dive into. So there you go. There's a little quick quick uh quick super cool podcast spooked and with that since i've exhausted myself talking about all the trials and tribulations we are going to say goodbye for this week but before we do we want to remind you of a couple things so number one we want to hear from you we want to hear your feedback Especially this episode. Like, did I not tell you something that you want to know? You know, reach out. We want to hear from you about that. We also want to hear any show ideas that you have or questions. We're going to be doing a, um, like, listener question. So we've been collecting some questions. So send us one of those on social media at Art okay, Cool or to Jade or I directly. Um, the other thing you can do is send us a voice message, a one-minute voice message, and that is at anchor.fm 
slash artokcool. Get your beautiful voices in the podcast. We'd love that. So the next book we're going to be doing is called The Afro-Minimalist Guide to Living with Less. So go get that from your library or Audible or whatever. Start listening so that you can be in on that conversation. And with that, Jade, where's everybody going to find you between now and the next podcast? You can come and find me on my Instagram at colorworship, on my website, jgsackis.com. Um, get at me. Where can everybody find you, Celine? I am on all the socials at Celine Gabrielle Art. My website, celinegabrielleart.com. You can go see my new little intro video that I have on there. If you haven't seen it yet, go check that out. And if you have a second, please make sure you share this podcast with a friend. If you have more than a second, a few seconds, go and write us a review wherever you listen to the podcast. That's really helpful to help other people find us. And we'll talk to you next week. All right. See ya. Bye.